0: This is Dr. Susan. Last week, we had Dr. Stephen Sinatra, and we discussed diseases that had energy, and our energy field affects the disease process. What does that have to do with disease? How do we use it? Well, today, we will meet with two folks who used it in their remarkable stories of healing from multiple sclerosis. The presenters are both scientists, and yet they reversed their multiple sclerosis through spiritual and scientifically-based approaches. This should be a three-hour topic, but unfortunately, we only have one hour. So in order to help you with the science behind what you're going to hear, I'd like to refer you to some of our other programs, which detail the scientific bases for some of this healing. You can check the autoimmune discussion by Dr. Aristo Vajani. This discussions on toxins, which have a huge role in all diseases, by Dr. Joseph Presorno and Dr. Campbell. Gut health was discussed by many speakers, including Dr. Tom O'Brien, and stress will be soon addressed by Dr. Vince Gugliano. Infections are covered well by Dr. Anthony Haynes, and many have talked about food. You can look these up under the speaker on our website. And they'll also be detailed in Palmer's upcoming book, so if we don't get time for the details, you'll be able to get them later. Now let me introduce our two guests. Dr. McGill Castillo is an internationally recognized TEDx speaker. He's an author and a NASA rocket scientist. His academic attainments span to the areas of mechanical, aeronautical, material engineering, and aviation. Through his involvement with NASA, he's developed technologies to make astronaut spacewalks safer. Some of his inventions are currently housed on board the International Space Station. He is among a small group of people who have undergone the microgravity flight training, and he's received training in core astronaut operations. He's the current president of the Feng Shui Institute of Houston, lecturing at world-renowned Young Center of Houston, as well as Rice University. He's also in our documentary, The Big Secret, which you can find on thebigsecretmovie.com. As for his academic research, it aims at understanding the connection between the mind and its creative powers through systems like Nidra Yoga, hypnosis, and meditation. Aside from his many degrees and diverse interests, he's devoted 18 years of his life for the study of health, human behavior, and the evolution of consciousness. He's an advanced esoteric yoga teacher, therapist, and specializes in tantric and Buddhist spirituality. We also have Palmer Kipola, who used to have multiple sclerosis, but today she's on a mission to educate and empower people how we can reverse that disease as well as many other autoimmune conditions. For 26 years, she suffered from relapsing, remitting multiple sclerosis, began with six weeks of total body numbness at age 19. Every few years, she experienced scary and sometimes debilitating symptoms. It wasn't until she was 45 that she discovered and removed the primary root cause which we'll talk about today. Since then, she has been completely symptom-free in both antibody tests and in a recent MRI. Her lesions have faded or completely disappeared, and her immune system is no longer attacking your myelin or brain's issues. Now, while we're on the topic of impressive recoveries, Miguel used to be in a wheelchair, but he is no longer. So Palmer went on a a mission to find out what was going on. She studied functional medicine, Apex Energetics. And in order to help other people, she found the critical lifestyle factors and has founded the www.healingisfreedom.com as an online resource to inspire, educate all of you to seek not only freedom from autoimmune diseases, but optimal health. She's writing a book now, and she coaches women who seek to heal from autoimmune diseases. Uh, So, I welcome you both to our show. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you so much, Susan. Well, can you tell us a little bit about multiple sclerosis and your two journeys?
1: Palmer? Sure. Happy to go first. Um, So, as Susan mentioned, I was 19 years old. Um, I was home from college the summer after my freshman year. Um, I was working a summer job as a hostess in a seafood restaurant, and one morning, I woke up and the soles of my feet were tingling terribly, and it like that feeling that you have when you've slept on a limb and it just won't wake up, and I kept shaking my feet and trying to get the blood back, but it never came back, so off I went to work, and throughout the course of the morning, that tingling just crept up my legs and got to my knees, and by that time, I knew something was really wrong. So I called my parents, who picked me up and swept me to the neurologist's office uh, where we sat that afternoon at UCLA. And the neurologist, after five minutes of having me walk across the floor and try to touch my finger to my nose and so forth, said, um, with a spectacular lack of sensitivity, I am 99% certain that you have MS, multiple sclerosis. And we had never heard of this thing. What was MS? MS. And she said, if I'm right, there's nothing you can do. So we left her office just absolutely hopeless. And I have to say that this was 1984, well before the internet and any kind of information was at our fingertips. So we really didn't have much to go on. Um, By the time we got home that night, every part of my body up to my neck was completely tingling. And by the time I went to sleep that night, every area that had been tingling went numb. And that numbness would enshroud my body and stay that way for a full six weeks. And like Miguel, um, I wasn't in a wheelchair, but we were planning for my life in a wheelchair. Uh, It was a terrifying time um, without many answers. And the things that helped me cope were my parents who were absolute rocks and friends who weren't too scared off by this mysterious disease who came over and some brought me gifts like cookies or teaching me how to knit. And one friend brought a gift that didn't feel like a gift at the time at all because she asked me, Palmer, why do you think you got this MS? I had no idea what she was referring to. So I puzzled and I pondered and had a lot of time to think because I lay on the couch for about six weeks and it dawned on me in a flash. And for that, I have to take you a little farther back in time. Um, As a baby, I had been adopted by really loving parents, uh, but my dad had been a fighter pilot whose way was really the right way. And he had particular views about how things should be. And my mom struggled with her weight quite a bit. And one of my earliest memories is my dad is yelling at my mom about her weight. My mom's hiding behind her door in the bedroom crying. And I'm three years old or something like that, standing up to my dad with my little dukes raised, you know, you yell at my mom and I'll knock your lights out. And I viewed my immune system as a proxy for that hypervigilance. I had developed into a little child warrior. And if there wasn't a real battle to fight, well, I was going to start attacking my own tissue. So my initial hypothesis for why I got the MS was chronic stress. And um, that hypothesis still rings true for me today, even though I do know there's more to the story. So I, I would like to make an <laughs>
0: interjection here because Palmer has pointed out that if you have two or more adverse childhood events, you've got a 70% increased risk of getting multiple sclerosis, type 1 diabetes or Hashimoto's These or autoimmune disease, 80% greater risk of getting lupus, eczema, or asthma. If you have four or more adverse childhood events, you're 2.5 times as likely to develop cancer and you're 4.22 times as likely to develop Alzheimer's. If you have six of these adverse childhood events, it reduces lifespan by 20 years. And eight triples the risk for lung cancer without smoking. So I think you hit on something here that adverse childhood effects and stress that we don't handle very well certainly can uh, set us up for these diseases.
1: Absolutely. No question about it would you like to hear about what I did?
0: Well, let's talk about Miguel's story a little bit, and then we can get into what you both did.
2: Of course. um, Actually, the similarities between Palmer's story and my story are quite remarkable because I was also 19 years old when I uh, found out I had MS. Um, When uh, the, the story started, um, with me being in the middle of a, of a musical rehearsal, because I was a professional musician at the time. That's how I was paying my way through college. And in the middle of this rehearsal, uh, me specializing in drums and percussion, I um, all of a sudden noticed that my left foot had gone numb. And then a few minutes later, actually one of my drumsticks on the, on the left side uh, just dropped to the, to the ground. And I went through the rest of the rehearsal kind of pretending to, to be okay using my right hand uh, and my right leg to compensate for the lack of, of uh, movement uh, on the left side of my body. But shortly after that... A, I think it was 3 days after that uh we actually went and saw an orthopedic surgeon so my mother took me to the orthopedic surgeon because I had fallen uh I was just running um in from one class to another because uh, I was a young mechanical engineering student at the time and I I had fallen so uh I had gone to see a an orthopedic uh, surgeon just for him to, you know, check out the, the fall and make sure that nothing was, was wrong with me, given that I had pain um, as a result of, of the fall. So he started running a few tests, and he said, uh, you know, hold on, Miguel, I'll be right back. So he was gone for about 15 minutes, and he came back and said, can you follow me? So my my mother and I followed him to a different office where there was a neurologist and the neurologist started running, I guess, the same tests that your neurologist ran on you, Palmer, where, yes, they they touch the, uh, I guess, they they scrape the bottom of your feet and your hands and they make you do tap testing. Uh, And he said, well, this doesn't look like the effects of a fall. Uh, it seems to be a little bit more serious. So he said, I'm going to order you an MRI to see uh, what else your body can tell us. So a few days later, uh, they, they, uh, I, I went through the MRI procedure and, and he said, yes, this is definitely something that appears graphically here on the MRIs as lesions on your brain. So after that, I saw... Um, the best doctors in town. I was living in El Paso, Texas, at the time, and uh, they were they were trying to rule out the exi- the possible existence of uh, things like cysticercosis or some other form of an inflammatory disease that had been uh, lodged in, in my brain, but uh, they all referred me to what at the time was the best neurologist in town, and he ran another MRI in a spinal tap, and all of my tests showed that I had definitely uh, developed MS. So, I myself hadn't really, I didn't really know, nobody really knew in my family what MS was. However, there is a very interesting um, event that took place, or very interesting fact, because... And I, I believe this leads into my journey of healing because I had heard on, on uh, a number of years prior to me developing the MS, I had heard the term MS on television. And for years, the, the, the term had been playing again and again in the back of my head without me knowing what it was. I just remember randomly thinking the, the phrase, or the word, the words, multiple sclerosis, just all, you know, in random times. Well, how interesting that a few years later, what I can now explain as my subconscious mind uh, taking the order of MS being true in my life, uh, and my subconscious mind, I guess, ordering my body to develop the condition, and me developing it. So, me, under, me remembering or understanding that one of the possible causes of me developing the condition when I developed it could be just the fact that my brain, especially my, more particularly my subconscious mind, was just repeating the word again and again. Yes, I had stress going on in my life. There were certain situations. My diet was not ideal. You know, I was a teenager, college student. However, how interesting, as I said, that just by the fact Of repeating the word as an affirmation, I could, I possibly developed MS just as a result of that. How interesting. So, how
0: did you deal with your MS, Miguel? What did you do to come out the other side through this horrible condition?
2: Luckily, the MS had only taken place on the left side of my body. So I lost about 65% of, uh, you know, my fine motor abilities on the left side of my body. I definitely had weakness, and I had loss of vision, hearing, uh, and, um, and even, um, yeah, other, you know, tastes even. Uh, so I basically started using the left side of my body as a crutch, To help me go from one building to another when I was in college, but in uh, in the three times that that the MS uh, came and went away because I had uh, remitting, I had the 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 three I had three remission and exacerbation periods because I I was diagnosed with relapsing remitting MS right so it comes and goes away but every single time it came back, it it got worse and worse and worse so that's why. The, my symptoms were leading me uh, to, the, to the need of a wheelchair because my motor ability, simply the ability to stand up and walk, was hindered quite, quite significantly enough to where it was almost impossible for me to, you know, to continue my, my regular daily life of um, going to school. So what did you do to reverse this?
0: You realized okay. there was an energetic thing, so you sounds like you went to the energetic level to start unraveling it.
2: Yes, I, I actually uh, dove into the mysteries and superpowers, I, I call them, of the mind. So, over the, I, I only had the condition for a year and a half. So, for that year and a half, uh, I, uh, for a number of, the, of those months, I took, uh, I, my neurologist put me on Copaxone, so I was injecting uh, myself in different places in my body uh, every day. Uh, however, I felt the capaxone wasn't doing really anything to improve my health, and it's not supposed to. It, I, it's uh, at the time what my neurologist told me is capaxone just prevents the the symptoms from getting worse. So I said, okay. So if I'm if I'm taking this thousand dollar a month medication uh, that's not really helping me, there's gotta be a different something else that I can do, again, in my young scientific inquisitive mind that I could do to follow some sort of a scientific approach to reversing the MS, because I, I, thought to my, I thought to myself and said to myself, if the MS wasn't there yesterday, I can for sure, following some sort of a scientific method, make it not be there tomorrow. So what I decided to do was to go and research inside of me, inside of my biography, inside of my, my current, or at the time, my life uh, situation and, and the circumstances that I was living, what were the things that seemed to be out of place? Things that I would, that, that I would very honestly tell to, tell to myself, how can I improve this? So, you know, I, of course, looked into things like my diet. Well, was my diet really that bad? Eh, I guess somewhat, but I didn't really make significant changes in my diet because I didn't feel I need to. However, the area of my life where I definitely found uh, this big area where things could improve were in my relationship with different factors in my life. Like, uh, you know, actually a love relationship that I had at the time that was not working. Uh, My relationship with my uh, education at the time wasn't working. Uh, Even my, my, my family situation wasn't working. So, I focused on making peace with all of these different areas of my life. And when I did so, I basically took the biggest weight off my back. And when that happened, which took a year, it took me a year and a half to go through, to go through this process of forgiving myself and people and, and healing my relationships with others. Uh, when that happened, I knew with, with full certainty that I was ready to go back to a place of health. Therefore, I made a choice overnight in a lucid dream To eliminate the MS uh, upon my time of waking and that actually happened so the night before the let's call it miracle (laughs) or significant event happened I willed the MS into non-existence and the next morning the MS was gone and it's been gone for the last 14 years Wow that is
0: impressive and Palmer so what did you do to make your MS go
1: away (laughs) Wow So, where we left off was I had figured that it was chronic stress in my life that was at the root cause of my MS. So, over the course of 26 years, I saw I saw six neurologists at storied institutions like Johns Hopkins and Stanford and UCLA, and each of them told me there's absolutely nothing you can do. Maybe cut back on drinking and don't smoke, but there's nothing else you can do. But I had the attitude that I could beat this and that I just needed to figure it out. So over the course of those 26 years, I did, oh, let's call it more than a dozen informal experiments, Uh, and I started with stress reduction because I figured that was the first most important thing for me. And I started doing yoga in 1987, and that was really wonderful, learning how to breathe and slow down my sympathetic nervous system and really just get into that healing space. Um, I started meditating in the mid-90s, and that really helped. And I noticed that when I was calmer, I had fewer exacerbations of the MS. But when I was stressed out, like conflict at home or exams at school or feeling overwhelmed at work, that's when I would have more exacerbations. So there was definitely a cause and effect that I could tell. So stress reduction was one of my biggest experiments, and it definitely helped, but my MS was also um, relapsing-remitting, but it was still there. It didn't go away 100%, so I knew I had to look elsewhere. So I tried diet, and I learned from a few books at the library, like The Swank Diet and Phyllis Balch's Prescription for Nutritional Healing, that low-fat vegetarian diets were absolutely the best for MS. So I thought I have nothing to lose. I'll give up meat um, and so forth and try it. Um, What I didn't mention earlier was that I, for as long as I could remember, I've had tummy distress after eating and I thought it was normal. In fact, I thought constipation was normal and I was told by my neurologist that it was a symptom of the MS and that there was nothing I could do about that either, except of course take laxatives. But with this new low fat vegetarian diet, I was actually eating more whole grains, and I felt worse, and my tummy felt worse. So that didn't work. And like Miguel, I tried medication. I resisted for many, many years, but the neurologists were persistent, so I tried one of the ABC drugs also, an injectable, and I did have many side effects from the medications, not just side effects, but the effects of the medications were terrible, and they weren't helping me either. Um, So I decided to quit the medication. And finally, fast forward to 2010, I decided to do something about my tummy trouble. And I didn't think it had anything to do with the MS, but I found a functional medicine nutritionist, functional medicine meaning somebody who's going to help you get to the root cause of things. And she ran a number of tests for me. And one of the tests came back and showed that I was sensitive to gluten and that it wasn't celiac disease. So it's called non-celiac gluten sensitivity. And she told me what gluten was doing to my body and how it was inflaming my gut and creating a leaky gut and how um, I needed to go cold turkey on this in order to heal my gut. So that's what I did. From November of 2010, I went cold turkey on gluten and have never knowingly had it again. And within a week, all of my tummy troubles vanished and within the month, I no longer had another MS symptom ever again. So I call that my Eureka experiment, which was gluten removal and gut healing. That was my holy grail.
0: That is impressive. We have had many experts talk about functional medicine and the importance to get into the root cause of our diseases, looking under the hood to see what's going on rather than just give a pill to mask the symptoms. But also gluten, uh, Dr. Tom O'Brien mentioned, that our systems just aren't prepared to digest it. I mean, it's very highly processed in the U.S. It's got glyphosate, GMOs, all sorts of unpleasant things. So that is a problem for many people. But what I noticed both of you saying is that meditation is crucial and stress reduction is important for both of your paths and yoga as well.
1: Absolutely. No question about it. There is research that shows that with MS specifically, that family conflict and job-related problems are strongly correlated with the development of new brain lesions in MS patients eight weeks later. So we know the science is in about stress and autoimmune conditions and um, that chronic psychological stress can impact the body's ability to regulate the inflammatory response which is how these diseases often begin and how they continue if we don't deal with the stress in our lives.
0: Well, stress is an important factor in just about every disease. You name the disease and stress will make it worse. And, and that is scientific basis it increases cortisol and increases the inflammatory process, which is a contributor to most major diseases. But Miguel, you are very uh, strong on meditation and spiritual concepts. Can you tell us more about that and how our audience can apply
2: them? Yes, of course. Interestingly enough, um... I didn't really have many resources to pull from to teach myself how to do what I did, uh, to teach myself how to lose a dream, to teach myself how to meditate, to teach myself how to heal my relationships with others. Uh, Actually, in the year and a half that I had the symptoms, uh, I became uh, a lonely person, but not because... I, w- I was depressed. It was because I needed to be with my own self to, not, to first of all, heal my relationship with myself. So in doing that, I was then empowered to heal my relationship with others, uh, and again, that led to my reversal of the of the symptoms. Now, very shortly after the the healing happened, um, I decided to research and uh traveled to the to to the east and uh and immerse myself in the teachings uh of uh Hindu philosophy and Hindu spiritual systems of yoga and I was l- lucky enough to find uh, my spiritual teacher or at least one of them who uh has taught me many of the esoteric concepts of uh movements like uh, or philosophies like Ka- Kashmirian Shaivism, which uh, are believed to be some of the highest teachings that humanity has access to. And in he is a scientist himself. He's an electrical engineer. And with our compatibility, at least in, in, uh, in the way that we think, uh, he was able to, to teach me the science behind yoga. So I'm actually, I specialize in, in the science of tantric yoga and, and for many people in the West, tantric means sexual, and for the people in the East, tantric means 5% sexuality, 95% superpowers, and many other esoteric practices. So I specialized in um, mastering the, the, the abilities of the brain through many uh, secret techniques that yoga has preserved for hundreds or actually thousands of years. So... With that, um, I now bring the teachings with me. I brought the teachings with me, and I teach others how to use their mind as their primary instrument for healing anything. I have seen people heal all different kinds of conditions, you know, from a common cold to uh, many autoimmune diseases. Uh, because I believe in uh, the the teachings that I've received very much support that above the body is the mind, right? So, for example, let, let me just exaggerate a little bit. One of the teachings that I received was to become a pranarian, which is to be able to go for an extended period of time uh, without eating any food. So I, I've done that many times, and it, why, it, it helps because in my, re- in my search for, uh, let's say, things that I was allergic to, well, if I was allergic to something, all I, all I could do very easily was just not eat for an extended period of time, and then you know I, I would be able to check whether or not I had an allergy to something without, re, without actually going to a laboratory and testing myself. Now, I'm not saying that everybody should do this, right? I'm just saying that this journey that I've been uh, led on shows that using the mind as one of your primary, if not the primary instrument for healing, is... Possibly the future of medicine. Who knows, right? Uh, That's very
0: interesting. I'd like to make a couple interjections on what he said because there's a lot of scientific basis for what he said. Food sensitivities, which many of us have due to toxins in our environment and stress, etc., do set off a chain of inflammation, oxidative stress, and autoimmune disease. And his intermittent fasting, which he mentioned, is a scientifically proved way to help reverse some of these things. It uh, triggers a certain one pathway, etc. So there's a very scientific basis for what Miguel has just told us. But, Miguel, can you give us some examples of how we use our mind to get better? Because a lot of people might try positive thinking, but I suspect that's not enough.
2: Of course. Yes. So, in, uh, you know, in, in the Western world, I was actually just reading a magazine uh, recently, the, Medi- the, the yoga meditation magazine. I found it in, in at a supermarket. They present a number of different styles of meditation, and there are an, a number of styles that we know in the West. However, um, in my in my search for uh, valid uh, teachings that made themselves from you know the Orient, from China, from India, from the Middle East to America, I found that. You know, close to 90% of the techniques that we see in yoga studios, in metaphysical stores, are actually kind of just uh, a waste of our time because... That's my impression, yes. Correct. Yes. So if, if we had the, um, the ability to travel to these, we would know that everything that they access is accessed through the practice of meditation because... The practice of meditation is very scientific. It uses, it, it, it sees and seizes the process of, of, of taking in information from our senses, from the neuroreceptors, et cetera, and it classifies and controls where that information goes. So meditation is a, is a practice to master the flow of information, or as they call it in India, prana or energy. So, when a person has the right knowledge, the right techniques, which are quite simple, quite easy to practice, they can then master this energy, chi, prana, call it whatever you want, to then activate the inner capacities of the brain, which can let a person to be healthy or to be sick. One of the practices that that I... Yes, go
0: ahead. Well, Dr. Sinatra and I were talking about that last week, and so, I mean, I still haven't heard how you get to the mind working, but is it something that you connect with that higher source, which Dr. Sinatra and I were discussing last week, and you get more close to that through meditation, and then the answers kind of come to you, or is there a way that, another way we can access that mind to help us heal?
2: So through, the, through the, the fundamental definition from the, the eight stages of yoga, from the teachings of Patanjali, we know that meditation is the controlled expansion of the mind. Okay, that is the definition of meditation. But what does that mean? It means that when a person is in, a, in an actual state of meditation, what they do is they expand their mind to a new sense of, to a new place of enlightenment, of awareness, of consciousness. When a person is truly in a state of meditation, what they do is they access truth. The truth that works for them. The truth that activates and makes their body function. And meditation, the process of meditation starts with altering the brain waves of our mind. So all we have to do is, you know, the, the, the basic practice is sit and slow your breathing down so that your, your brain can follow your breathing. Once you're in that state, one of the fundamental and easiest uh, practices of meditation is ask a question, just like Palmer was asked the question. Actually, Palmer, your friend put you in a state of meditation, and that's why, and I'm sure you know this, and that's why you were so successful in finding the answers and finding the healing that now has allowed you to, you know, get your, your your life back. Because all we need is some external trigger or internal internal trigger to to set off the search for truth. Because remember that is what meditation is looking for.
0: I agree wholeheartedly that meditation, connection with the higher power, that's where everything is. And there's so many things in our life that are blinding us and preventing us from getting there. But, Palmer, I'd like to ask you, what
1: exciting things did you learn in your journey that you can share? Well, I, as soon as I healed, like Miguel, I mean, this is a wake-up call, right? So in 2012... I quit my job as an executive in the information technology industry to study full-time how in the world was it possible that I reverse a condition that I was told by multiple neurologists was incurable, and uh, so I set about looking for science, and the first thing that I found was the science of epigenetics, which is a relatively new science which literally means on top of or above the gene. So if you can imagine that your genes are like a computer, the hardware, if you will, and the epigenome is the software that directs how this computer works. Um, Let me give you an example of research. Um, There were, were scientists who altered the coat color and disease susceptibility of newborn mice just by feeding the mice mothers vitamins like B12 and choline and SAMI while they were pregnant. And it turns out the control mice who didn't get the vitamins ended up having fat yellow mice pups, and whereas the mother mice who were given the B12, the choline, and the SAMe while they were pregnant gave birth to these lean brown mice who were not only less likely to become obese and prone to disease, but their leanness and disease resilience stayed with them for life. So an amazing demonstration of the power of healing with nutrition. And that's the first thing that I learned. The second thing that I learned was uh, we've always believed that our genes are our destiny. What my dad or my grandmother asked him to get that too And I came across data that showed that our genes are only responsible for about 10% of our health outcomes, but that 90% or so are due to environmental factors, which are lifestyle elements. And that's kind of the good news and the bad news because we're far more in control of our health outcomes than we ever thought possible. And it's really more evident that what we eat, drink think, and do every day are highly consequential. And the last thing that I found was what's called an autoimmune equation. And sometimes it's just referred to the three-legged stool of autoimmunity. Um, In 2008, Dr. Alessio Fasano, who is a world-renowned pediatric gastroenterologist and research scientist at Mass General Hospital, published a study that revealed that there's a necessary third element in the autoimmune disease equation. So we know you need to have the genes for an autoimmune disease, and that's the 10%, right? The lifestyle factors are those environmental factors, which might be the root causes, but the third step that's necessary is what's called increased intestinal permeability, also known as a leaky gut. And what's super exciting about this news is, as Dr. Fasano writes, this new paradigm subverts traditional theories underlying the development of autoimmunity, suggesting that the autoimmune process can be arrested if the interplay between genes and environmental triggers is prevented by reestablishing intestinal barrier competency. So what does this mean? It means that we now have the equation for how you, to get an autoimmune disease and an equation for how to reverse or prevent one. So if you want to get one, you got to have the genes. You add environmental factors that are inflammatory, like that gluten, like chronic stress, and then a leaky gut results, and that's the pathway to autoimmune conditions. And to flip it on its head, you need to detect and remove the offending lifestyle factors, the root causes, heal your gut, and you can free yourself of autoimmune expression. So it doesn't mean that you get rid of the genes for an autoimmune condition. I'll always have the genes for MS. Miguel will always have the genes for MS. But it doesn't need to be expressed. And that's super, super exciting.
0: That is. And so many of our speakers tell us that healing starts at the gut. And Dr. Bredesen uh uh, mirrored similar comments, if you want to get Alzheimer's disease, do exactly what you were saying. So uh, the disease process can start with some of these lifestyle choices in the gut. It's just where they go depends on our genetic makeup, I guess.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I once I figured out that it was possible to reverse these conditions, I, I dug deeper into the research, and I really wanted to figure out what are these root cause categories, this 90% of lifestyle factors that people need to address. And um, what I came up with are these categories of food, infections, gut health, hormone balance, toxins, and stress— And because I'm a word person and I really wanted to help people, I needed to come up with an easy way of describing that. And those words spell fights. So food, infections, gut health, hormone balance, toxins, and stress was hopefully an easy way for people to remember all of the categories that need to be addressed for full healing.
0: So tell us more about those.
1: Well, let's start with food because that's absolutely the number one um, place to start. I, as you mentioned, I'm writing a book, so I've interviewed a number of autoimmune experts and functional medicine practitioners who not only work with clients who have autoimmune conditions, but they themselves have healed from things like MS, Dr. Terry Walls, for example, and they say that 60 to 80% of the time when their patients remove common food allergens like gluten, dairy, eggs, corn all grains, frankly, and the conventionally raised animals that eat them, processed oils like canola and safflower, for example, and food additives like MSG colorings and even meat glue, um, they find that their patients heal 60 to 80% of the way. And for some, they might achieve 100% healing like I did just by removing those offending foods. So we know that sugar is a major inflammatory factor. uh, There's science that shows that it harms the immune system and um, shuts it down for about five hours after eating it and promotes insulin resistance, which is one of the major risk factors for all disease. So um, a healing program with food would involve, for example, removing those common food allergens, at least gluten, dairy, and sugar, uh, for 30 days, and that's how you see once you add them back in slowly to see whether or not you react to them in any way.
2: Wow.
0: Very interesting because last week as well, Dr. Sinatra was discussing that, how negative sugar is and how ne- adversely it affects our health. sounds like all these theories are coming together.
1: Absolutely, it does. And um uh, About gluten, which seems to be the biggest baddie of the food lot, Um, a scientific review that was published in the prestigious New England Journal of Medicine 15 years ago found that 55 diseases can be caused by eating gluten, including inflammatory bowel disease, cancer, rheumatoid arthritis, lupus, MS, many other autoimmune conditions. That was 15 years ago, and I'm sure that number has grown Uh, And as you've already mentioned, the problems with gluten include the fact that it's really difficult to digest, especially in the U.S. where we have the super wheat, which is extra gluey. Um, And there's also research that shows it creates a leaky gut in anyone who eats it. And those of us who have autoimmune predispositions, that's really a setup for developing or perpetuating the autoimmune condition. And you also
0: mentioned infections, and many of these are cult infections that we're not aware of.
1: Absolutely, Um, and there are some scientists, in fact, many scientists that say um, chronic infections, whether bacterial, viral, parasitic, fungi, may be the primary environmental trigger for autoimmune disease, and those would include the big family of herpes viruses, which includes Epstein-Barr virus, cytomegalovirus. Lyme infections are a growing problem, candida and mycoplasmas. Um, So, one study about MS in particular shows that the strongest known risk factor for MS is infection with Epstein-Barr virus. And they looked at healthy controls who had a 15-fold higher chance of developing MS if they Got Epstein-Barr infection in childhood, let's call it mono. Um, but if they got the Epstein-Barr virus later in life, maybe as an adult they had mono, they had a 30-fold higher chance of developing MS. So absolutely positively. if you
0: want more information on the infections, Anthony Haynes, uh, we discussed this last summer. And toxins are hugely important. So a couple months ago we had Dr. Uh, Prisano discuss this, and stress will be discussed in an upcoming one by Dr. Vince Giuliano. So uh, we're getting close to closing. So uh, I would like you to give any uh, suggestions or take-home points to the audience.
2: We've probably got about six minutes left. For both of you? Yes, I will start with uh, one of my favorite uh, sayings that, again, definitely supports my uh, my journey through healing uh, MS and a number of other conditions that I've developed ever since I reversed the MS. Um, MS and any other autoimmune disease manifests in the mind, in a mind that is in conflict with itself and in a body that cannot support its own structure and function. So this is where... This, the science of epigenetics, but also the science of the mind come together and, and help explain how disease uh, manifests in, in, our, in our lives. We should also remember that the mind is, uh, is where disease takes place. It's not in the brain. The brain and the rest of the body only follow the self-damaging program that the mind perpetuates. Uh, the key to reversing most autoimmune diseases lies in the exploration of the deepest areas of the mind, particularly the subconscious mind. That, that is why it's so important to, for any person undergoing a uh, symptom or a, a diagnosis of an autoimmune disease to practice meditation. People often ask me, what would you recommend for somebody that just went to their doctor and they got a diagnosis of MS or a diagnosis of lupus or eczema? or something similar, and I will always tell them, meditation is the key. You definitely need to look at incorporating lifestyle changes, but once again, according to my research and my own journey uh, to the East for the last 15 years, I've learned that the mind supersedes epigenetics, and I've worked with uh, Dr. Joe Wallach and with uh, Bruce Lipton himself, and uh, I believe they both agree. We've talked about this uh, extensively, so it is definitely something to consider, the, the science and the power of the mind.
0: You also suggest kind of rewinding the clock to find uh, detonators, like uh, becoming a Sherlock Holmes, going through the streets of London, looking for all the miscreants and past things in your life that are uh, getting between you and the healing source.
2: Definitely, you know, just, just like Palmer mentioned, and it, it was the same for me, I went back, dialed the clock back, and saw, okay, so where where did my life, emotionally, my, my emotional relationship uh, to my life start falling apart? I found that in in that biography that I put together of the, the significantly negative events uh, or challenging events in my past, I found so much power. I found so many different um, instruments that I could use as motivators to create the necessary momentum in my life to then create the healing. So understanding that the mind can wind the clock back and that when the mind focuses its power, it can create anything. I I have this, this personal beautiful formula that I use for everything, whether it's getting over a cold or manifesting something that I need in my life. Energy plus intention plus concentration plus time equals results.
0: Wow, great. Because even in energy healing, uh, once one has the intent to do it, I mean, the healing is done by the time the person comes in the room.
2: Exactly, yes.
1: Okay, so Palmer, what what takeaway messages do you have for our audience? So, um, as I mentioned, start with food. At least take 30 days as a vacation from gluten, dairy, and sugar and add them back slowly as in a three-day period and see what happens. It just might change your life. Um, Another thing that I'll add is that autoimmune disease is an invitation to wake up. Take the time to examine your life. Um, Find and fix imbalances on all levels like Miguel did. It's really a mind-body-spirit Journey. It's not just the body. It's not just the mind. I believe it's all of the above. And it's a journey of transformation to become congruent with who you truly are. And the last thing I'll say is put yourself first and don't give up looking for the whys behind your autoimmune condition. Explore all of fights, the food, the infections, the gut health, the hormone balance, toxins, and stress. It's not something that we can do alone. I would advise people to work with an integrative, functional, or naturopathic physician, if possible, and to help you with that detective cap of Really, keep pulling the layers back, like you know, peeling the layers of an onion back, to find your root causes. It's different from each for each of us, but um, those words of Doctor Bisto Bojdani, who says,
0: to "Go back through your life as to what was going on and contributing."
1: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But never, don't give up. Um, we've got the opportunity to detect, remove, and repair. And this is really an opportunity to wake up. Okay,
0: I'm not getting signals as to when this broadcast will be over, so I don't know when this is going to end. So can you give us more information on how to get in touch with you and all the great information that you have to share with the audience?
1: Sure. So I blog, as you mentioned, at HealingIsFreedom.com. And I curate autoimmune-relevant information on Facebook on my page, which is Palmer Kippola. That's P-A-L-M-E-R, last name Kippola, which is K-I-P-P-O-L-A. You can sign up for my newsletter at HealingIsFreedom.com and download a free optimal food guide. And uh, that's the best way to learn about what I'm up to.
0: Well, it sounds like quite a lot. And how do we get a hold of you,
2: Miguel, and all of your wisdom? Oh, thank you. Well, I always, tell pe- I always invite people to go on YouTube and uh, look up my what, my TED talks. I have several of them uh, there, both in Spanish and English. Uh, so all they have to to do is either look for my name, Miguel Castillo, or the title of one of my TED talks. One of my favorite ones. It's uh, it's called "What Do You Do When Life, G- Life Gives You a Second Chance?" Uh, they can also find me on my website. Uh, it's drmiguelcastillo.com, that Tom dot That is my website. I have a number of my videos there, and I have uh, constantly updating um, information on my books, uh, events, workshops that I'm doing, and talks that I'm doing on, on tantra, sexuality, yoga, yoga therapy uh, around the world. I have a feeling that
0: we're at the close of the show, so I would like to recommend everybody to find out more about these inspiring stories, find out what you can do to help your own health, share it with your health practitioner, but do your own research so you can help heal yourself and you can heal your friends. So be well and be free of autoimmune disease. Thank you all. Thank you. I think we're at the end, but I'm not getting any messages. I'm just guessing.
2: One final thing to add is in dialing uh, the clock back for you, meditation is, again, one of the best tools that you can use because when you go in, in an actual state of meditation, you become objective of the truth that you're discovering. There, what that means is there is no emotional component uh, that is reacting to what you're seeing. So you can very objectively... As a true detective, go back and see and look at the events in your life and understand the message and the gift that each of them have to give you. That is one of the secrets to having a successful healing.
0: And that will be in line with Palmer's experience of finding out what contributed. Most definitely so. Please be well and raise your vibes.
2: we got the
1: power to change the world.
0: Thank you for listening.